what to write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Existentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know Happy New Year. That was the great sounds of Watts with Outside on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige with my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. Easy Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us today on Behind the Brand? Go ahead, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, first, let me just say Happy New Year. I hope you enjoyed all of the holidays, not just one, not just several, all of them. I hope you enjoy them and happy new year. Second of all, let's talk, talk about stories. Let's talk about stories. What makes a story interesting is when you have someone being able to talk about it. And this next person is able to give you the information necessary that fills in that heart aspect of life. That lets us know who our neighbors are, what our neighbors are doing, and how awesome you truly are in as a city. There has been several pieces that I have read from this person that have truly made me understand the beauty of New Haven. And for that, I want to give them flowers right now. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely incredible. So much so has highlighted my little children without really knowing that they were there, and I know they're not so little anymore. We're not going to talk about that. I'm getting old. Let's move forward. But I want you to put your hands together. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your hands at 10 and 2. We don't need any accidents. But mentally, put your hands together. The absolutely amazing, for the incredible, for the person who is, at some points, the voice of the voiceless, Lucy Gelman. How are you? Hello, I'm great. How are y'all? It's Monday. It's uh, I did not sleep enough last night, but that's okay. Oh, it's the new year. It's um, you know, it's good. And I'm I'm in the city I love. I'm in my home of New Haven. So, so it's I'm good. I'm and I'm so happy to be talking to you, beautiful people. Thank you. Thank you so much. It means a lot coming from you. Um, it's been a long time, Lucy. And just to kick things off with with the show, um. Did, did for media did everything happen by accident or was this always your passion oh that's a that's a great question no it was not always my passion although okay. i'm i'm really lucky to live in a in a house i grew up in detroit and both of my parents but especially my mom have always let me read whatever i want so it was a house where we were encouraged to read the news but also if there was a book that maybe was like too old for me or something like that my mom was like okay well that doesn't matter. Go read it. If you're interested in it, go read it. And so they were always very supportive. But my first passion was, um, I mean, it's its funny because now I'm an arts reporter, um, was art history. And I loved art history. Okay. I was a huge dork. Um, I still am a huge dork. I wear that title really proudly. And I um, remember going on a field trip in a museum when I was in high school. I think I was like a sophomore and we went around this exhibition of Camille Claudel's work. So she was this French woman, lived in the 19th century. Um, she was a lover of August Rodin. A lot of people know his work, fewer people know her work. And um, many, many things happened to her, including she had um, a miscarriage. A lot of her work was misattributed to Rodin. And she ultimately ended up spending a lot of her life in an institution um, for folks who were mentally unwell. And I learned this story and I was like, well, first of all, why haven't I learned this story before? The answer, spoiler alert, is because she's a lady. Um, and and then also I was like, I love this art and um, I'm so moved by it. And so I studied art history in undergrad and I got a graduate degree in art history. Um, and at the same time, I had moved to New Haven right after grad school to work okay. for the Yale Art Gallery. Um, and I had started freelancing for the independent, the New Haven Independent, woo -woo, cheers for Paul Bass, um, at that time, because Alan Appel, who's a reporter for the independent, was married to someone I worked with at the art gallery, who said like, yo, you should check this out. You're always talking about the cool stuff you do on the weekends. Um, you like to write maybe write that down. So I started there and then actually was going to go back to school to get a PhD in art history because I loved it that much. And Paul, uh, bless him, took me out for, I think it was tea. And 
said, like, listen, you don't want to do this. You, I can see it written all over your face. Like you, you might love this thing, but you don't want to be in school for seven years. You don't right. actually want to go get this PhD. I'm building a radio station. Help me build it. And I was like, okay. And, <laughs> and I'm so happy. I mean, I tell people Paul saved my life and um, yeah. there have been many people who have saved my life mm-hmm. um, literally and uh, figuratively, but I really do believe that he is one of them because I don't think I would have been happy if, if I'd gone back to school and that this is going to sound really funny. Some of my best friends are in PhD programs. So if that's what you love, if that's your passion, I think you should pursue it. Um, But, but reporting now is I like, I don't want to do anything else with my life. It's the best job in the world. So many personalities you get to meet too. Different heads, different bodies. Um, so many stories that you can never believe that will happen in your life for the past and your future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interact with it's crazy. And it, yeah. And you learn, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm sure you learn so much about people. I think my world, when I was in museums, and I still love museums, I still go to museums. Of course. But when I was in museums, my world was really small, like really, really small. Um, mm. And what you learn as a reporter, and I'm sure that y'all feel this way hosting this show, mm-hmm. is there's no right way, right, to to like live a life or have a career. And the term success is completely arbitrary. And yeah. um, and the way people live their lives is so interesting. Like and and the way they follow their passions or the way their lives have been put on hold, and maybe they can't follow their passions until they're older. You know, he, like humans are so interesting. We are. Yeah. We are. We're, we're, we're a crazy <laughs> bunch. <laughs> but you talked about museums. What has been New Haven has so much history and so much art and incredible culture within the Elm yeah. City. Um, what have been some of your favorite museums just to visit? Is it Peabody? Ooh. Is the Yale Art Gallery? Because you're because you're such an art nerd. Just like let me just get, get inside your brain real quick. I'm a nerd. Um, so I have a little bit of uh, Yale University Art Gallery PTSD. I don't think okay. any of my former employers are going to be surprised hearing that. So I still go, um, but I don't. I don't go that often, and I don't go on days when when I think that former colleagues are going to be in the building. Um, but um, I want to shout out actually Kriko Obat. He okay. is this incredible artist in New Haven. He has a museum called the Hill Museum of Arts, and wow. it's dedicated to specifically to his art. So um, he has these huge, like I can't even with my hands uh, show how big they are because they're two story pencil drawings wow. of of different cities. So he has wow. for interesting. Yeah, he's an, an incredible, incredible artist. Um. Harry, if you're listening and if you could like Google him and maybe throw something up on the screen. So um, if folks have taken trains in and out of Union Station, mm-hmm. um, you've probably seen his mm-hmm. rendering of New Haven. It's that it's a pencil drawing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, a copy. So he's super amazing. Um, yeah. I, I like Next Haven. I know people feel some kind of way about Next Haven, but they have had some really interesting exhibitions. And especially their student exhibition. So they have a really cool student apprenticeship program. So for folks who don't know, Next Haven is on Henry Street. So the first Mm -hmm. um, museum I mentioned, the Hill Museum of Arts, it's on West Street. So um, like right by the boxing gym that's on Congress Avenue. Yes. If you take a, if you turn on West, Mm -hmm. like if you're going up Congress toward West Haven and you take a right on West Street, you're right there. And you can't miss it. It's like this funky building with, um, you know, columns outside and it looks kind of like a mashup of like 1970s architecture and then someone shoved something Greco-Roman into it. It's very cool. Um, and then next Haven is on Henry Street and they've done some really cool work with students at co-op, with students at Hill House High School and um, anything that engages the young people in our city makes me really excited. Um, and then I know this might sound corny, but student art shows like don't sleep on student art so mm. um so those make me really happy and um I just say like there there are good free institutions around around New Haven so I think it's a great place I loved it when the Peabody um which I think is still currently close to the public had mm-hmm. the show on mm-hmm. ancient Mesopotamia 
Mm. Um, that was like really cool because it's just very cool to think about the fact that there were people so long before you and there will pe- be people so long after you too. So um, true. Yeah. That was a very rambly. I'm sorry. No, nah, no, nah, it's fine. Uh, me and Easy um, have been doing this for quite some time. We love the rambling. There's a lot of things we can get out the rambling. But um, <laughs> Easy, I saw you squinting, and that means that there's a light bulb above your head. Go right ahead and tell Lucy what you have to say. <laughs> well, no, uh, one, one, for those who don't know, you cannot miss that boxing gym. It has this incredible artwork on the side of it. You know you're there when you're there. And for those, yeah. all those who know, understand. Um, I used to go, my doctor used to be right by there. It's been fantastic. Um, but you know, it's, it's absolutely incredible when you can sit back and understand and process living in a city like this, you know, coming from a place that was a lot more suburban aspect, being also a transplant out here, it was a different type of life. You know, you're naming off, you know, and taking us on an incredible tour of some of the best local art museums. When the majority of people out there that are, are say you're sitting and watching this in, in Ohio right now and not like Columbus, you might not have 17 different um, museums yeah. that you could attend, but go, just go to your, your public library um, and, and you know, let your imagination take you on that tour. I think it is amazing to do. But this is how incredible you are as a journalist. This is what you do now is you don't just talk about you know, the art itself, you talk about the personal connection to the city and to the person. Um, was that something that you always were driving through being like an art history major mm. to begin with? Or is that something that evolved in your journalistic style? Um, yes, and also no. <laughs> so it's, I mean, awesome. it's, I love it's interesting because art history is, um, it's super academic, it's super insular, it's super white. Um, it's a uh, pretty female until you get to the top. And then like almost every other field, you have white men who are dominating it and making more money. Um, and it, which is also probably one of the reasons uh, Paul saw in me that I did not like actually want to go on to a PhD program. But, um, but I, I love people. I've always really loved people. My mom tells this story of me when I was like two and a half years old, just walking up to someone in like pre-K. I went to Montessori. I'm like super crunchy in that way. And um, walking up to someone and just saying like, hi, I'm Lucy. Do you want to be my friend? And that's kind of like how I live. Um, I say I'm an extroverted introvert. Everyone disagrees with me about that. Um, But I I will say my job is really social. And sometimes I go home and I just want to like hide under my bed. Um, but I, but I, I love people and I love the stories of people. And I think that when I found out there was a job you could do where you talk to people and then you got to write about it, which I also really love doing. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, shut the front door. I get to do this for a living and someone's going to mm-hmm. pay me. Not a lot. Don't like kids don't go into journalism if you want to make a lot of money. But um, but it's um, it's it's such a cool job because I get to talk to different people every day. Even before this interview, I was with kids at co-op high school, which is a place that's just really, really near and dear to my heart. And there's a new teacher there um, in the like ceramics and art classroom. And so I was just talking to kids all morning and it was, uh, they're not kids, they're young adults. And it was the Mm -hmm. best. Like every, everyone's story is so interesting and everyone's story deserves to be told. What have been some of your favorite stories? You oh, know, there's wow. so many. There's, there's, there's... Um, there are so Dirty. many. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm Okay, so, okay. Or oh, the standouts. That, Maybe not your favorite, but the standouts. I hope this doesn't sound really grim. Okay. But I really love... Uh, writing obituaries actually because you get to really you you get to talk to people about why they loved someone okay um and some of them are hard for me like um last year the city librarian john jessen passed away and in in some ways like i i'm a hyper compartmentalizer and so it was like okay this this person who I also really respected as a city official, who I loved talking to, who I would have like the best off the record conversations with. This person has passed away and I need to 
like I, I need to write this thing and I need to do it in like 48 to 72 hours. And so that's mm. what I'm going to be focused on. Um, and so when you get to pay homage to someone, you know, I, and I'm not the only person like shout out Brian Slattery and mm. um, who's the arts editor for the New Haven Independent and has done some really beautiful obituaries. Um, but to be in space where people are being remembered and to have like, to have trust to have enough trust mm-hmm. um, with a person who like tells you stories about this this person's life and the difference they made. I'm constantly reminded of the difference that one person, this sounds so cheesy, I'm really sorry, but the, the difference that one person can make in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Obits, and then I really enjoy um, like storytelling where I really get to do storytelling in my writing. So if something's like a, a long profile where you find out something really interesting that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have known about a person. Um, I love writing profiles of artists, especially because in New Haven, because real estate is crazy expensive, a lot of artists work in their homes. And so mm-hmm. to have artists who mm-hmm. open the door and say, come into my home, you know, um, for instance, Candace uh, John, who goes by Marsh, Yes, yes, um, I'm real familiar her. Yeah, yeah, we she, had her on. Yeah, yeah. She's like crazy talented and mm-hmm. works in her home. And I remember it was like, I think I interviewed her in August of like a year and a half ago or a year ago. And <coughs> she was like, Yeah, but to get into the studio, you have to go up the rickety fire escape. And I was like, Am I going to die? going up this fire? Yeah. And the answer was no, because I am not. <laughs> if people know me, they know I'm a very clumsy person. Um, like I am, I'm not gifted with like moving through space, right. um, mm-hmm. but, but to be in intimate spaces and to have someone say like, I trust you enough. Um, so, so those stories, and then every time I get to meet new people, I mean, I, I, there are people I love returning to and telling the continual stories of, like, I love going to the board meetings for the Freddie Fixer Parade Committee, which sometimes have 25 people and sometimes have five people. And I love Diane Brown knows that if she tells me to show up, I'm going to show up. So um, for those who don't know, Diane Brown is the branch manager at Stetson Library um, okay. in, on Dixwell Avenue. And um, oh, and Harry knows I got to say WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. Lucy, go ahead. I hope it didn't lose yes. your time. No, that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, and, and then I love getting to meet new people. So uh, last year, and this is often how things work for reporters. I think a lot of reporters can identify with this. It's usually just like an email. Sometimes it's an Instagram message or a Facebook message out of the blue. And someone says, hey, my name is, you know, blank. Um, we have this really cool group and, and we want you to know about it. And um, so last year I met Arden Santana in that way. And if if you know Arden, She's one third of the elements of abundance. Oh, wow. And yeah, and and she's amazing. And she um, she is like this fierce advocate for education. She's just wonderful. And she sent me an email saying like, hey, we have a couple events coming up. We'd be really interested in getting coverage if you're around. Um, I'm usually around because I, I live here. And, um, and getting to meet her and her daughters and also the the people she is in community with. And also knowing that she like, I am a a middle-class white lady reporting Mm -hmm. in a city that um, is mostly black and brown. And Mm -hmm. so knowing that also there was the trust there to say, okay, I I trust that she's not going to mess this story up. I trust that she's not going to get this story wrong. Um, I have found, as someone who didn't grow up in New Haven, I grew up in Detroit, and I found that there's a lot of trust building that needs to take place before I go into a space. And that's something that I actually really love. I used to, when I probably started reporting like nine years ago um, and I was at the Indian in my twenties, I think I was really put off by it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, why did the, why did these people not trust me? Like, of course they should trust me. I'm a really nice person, um, <laughs> and, which I am. But now I'm like, oh no, that mistrust is so earned. Because especially in a city like New Haven, so many right. folks come, they extract what they want from right. the city. They often come in association with Yale, um, not always. 
and and then use it as their stepping stone and they're here for maybe two to four years and then they're like okay i've gotten what i need what i need from new haven i'm gonna peace out right um and and i think that it's like very reasonable for people to be like hey i want to vet you i want to know that you're in this because you love the city as much as i do oh okay detroit detroit pizza or new haven pizza oh new haven pizza detroit pizza is terrible <laughs> I, I love Detroit. I was just in Detroit. I love my parents. I love my aunts who are still in Detroit. Um, yeah, Detroit pizza is not where it's at. <laughs> I had to ask. Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, you know, if you want a square pie with some funky right. cheese, go for it. <laughs> I, I, I definitely had to ask. I'm sorry. This just came, came to mind. But um, I know you started uh, just about the founding bricks of 103.5 FM. Um, how hard was it just a little bit mentally just to start a station from scratch? Really hard. Especially a community, a community station. Yeah, please um, tell me about that. I mean, I, I still give Paul a lot of credit. And, you mm -hmm. know, shout out Harry Drose, who is the station absolutely. manager currently. Definitely. And absolutely. He does a great job. I think is is doing more with it now, um, especially on the technology side than I could have envisioned. So like Harry, thank you for <laughs> for taking this, the radio station to a, to a place that I couldn't. And also shout out to Brian Slattery, who is really good at technology. Um, some people don't know that he's also he's just a very talented guy. So in addition to writing, he um, is a musician and then he like knows how to make mics work and stuff like that. So I had a lot of help, especially at the beginning. <laughs> and um, and I also give Paul a lot of credit because I was like YouTubing stuff and Googling stuff. And like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know. I mean, I didn't know that you had to do a station ID. Mm. I know more about the FCC now than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Uh, and, and like music and ASCAP and BMI and um, all, like all of this stuff work when you're coming out with a master's degree in art history, which is, super fun and equally useless degree. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, so it, it was very hard. And I think in the in the same way that New Haven is like this magical, beautiful, and also complicated little city, um, the mm -hmm. WNHH community rallied around that. And there was this real, and I think still is, this real understanding that like, hey, it's community radio. So I remember um, on a day that, a photographer from the New York Times because there was um, like Brett Sokol, who's this journalist, had a story that included WNHH. So a photographer came from the New York Times and our internet was down. And somehow I like mm -hmm. MacGyvered it to talk to my home internet, which wasn't that far away because I was just living on Trumbull Street, which is not that many blocks away at the time. Um, and I was like on the floor. I remember being on the floor during what used to be Friday pundits. So um, like Joe Ugly, Babs Wells mm. Ivy, Markeisha Ricks and Paul Bass right. would sort of like cram into the studio, mm. which is about the size of a closet. And they would have these really heated political discussions. And I think I was like on the floor in a shirt dress, um, probably like flashing someone unintentionally, um, just like trying to make the internet work and making it work. And that's community radio, right? Um, so, so it was really hard and also like really joyful and I would do it again. <laughs> but now, um, you're with the art council, am I correct? I am. So about five and a half years ago, I transitioned from, I was at WNHH and then I reported for a little while with the independent and then went to the arts council of greater new Haven, mm -hmm. um, where I run the arts paper. How's that working out? It's great. Um, I I mean, for any of our board members listening, I really would like a second full time reporter because um, there's only. So I think that'd I be can. very very on point. Um, there. I mean, I often wish, like, if either of you have figured this out, I often wish I could like split myself, um, and just be in multiple places at once. Because it was the same thing for me too. You know, in a testament to New Haven, like we are. We're a small city. We're what 18.7 square miles, or I think now it's like 19.2. It's 135,000 people. So that's a dense small city, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but we punch way above our weight culturally. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And so on any given weekend, mm-hmm. even at the beginning of the year, you know, January, people are like, oh, it's the quiet time. And it is way quieter than like June or December. But even in January, there are like five things you can do probably within like a two mile mm-hmm. radius on any given Saturday. And I'm guessing four out of five, if not five out of five are free. So it's an amazing city. And and for that reason, um, I mean, the work at the arts paper really keeps me on my toes, mm-hmm. but I love it. And um, about four and a half years ago, I co-founded uh, this thing called the Youth Arts Journalism Initiative with a colleague who is actually now finishing mm-hmm. PhD in art history, um, Stephen Yurchik. So okay. shout out uh-huh. to Stephen. Um, but now I run it with Markeisha Ricks, who is a former uh, journalist at the New Human mm-hmm. Independent. And it's just so much fun. We we teach high schoolers journalism by doing journalism. It's really, really fun. Um, it's also really, really hard because high school is a lot. It was a lot even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't pay me to go back there. Um, and mm-hmm. And it's even more now. But these students are amazing. Like this this goes back to my belief that just like people are incredible yes. and um and and I love that they when they come on board there are eyes and ears into the schools a lot of the time so yeah so it's um that was rambly too but it's a great job nah. <laughs> um once again I love rambling myself and easy um we live for story time so anytime we get story time just learn about somebody it's a great feeling <laughs> um uh, you talked about the pandemic just a little bit, and I always la- yeah. like to ask uh, every time we have a guest, just mention it, just their thoughts, and because it's always positive when they talk about the pandemic, because there's a lot of great things that they saw out of it. Mind you, it was a tragic time because what was going on with the disease and everything, yeah. but a lot of people saw, you know, they flipped it around, into the, they put it into a 180. So as a reporter, as someone who is interested in the arts, was the per- well, how was the pandemic just through your eyes? Wow. Um, well, I, I feel like I've seen the best of humanity and also right. the worst of humanity a Absolutely. little bit. Um, so I think in the arts, like artists did what they've always had to do, mm-hmm. which is hustle and innovate on on budgets that were stretched even before the pandemic. So there were a lot of artists who said like, okay, I don't really have money. No one's been paying me for my craft. Or if they have, they've been paying me like a f- nominal fee that is not what they're worth, right? Um, so I'm gonna make things work. And there were incredible performances. Um, so the front person to Fat Astronaut, and I don't know if Fat Astronaut still exists, um, but uh, gave this incredible concert the first, like the first week, or maybe it was the second week of, it was very, very early. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was like, what happened? And I always think about the fact that it was Friday the 13th, too, when everything shut down. Like, I don't yeah. think that was a coincidence. My grandmother, who actually died that month. That was wild. Like, oh, my goodness. She was she was like super triggered. Def- oh, I mean, yeah, it like we knew it was coming. It wasn't COVID related, gotcha. but she was very trichodecophobic. And so and for that reason, I was like, there is something like Friday the 13th. Like there's something bigger going on. Right. Um, and an entirely man-made pandemic. Um, but I, I think artists like they innovated because that's what they do. And the number of people who have told me, well, I, I don't think we should pay artists that much in relief funding. And this has been an ongoing discussion because of course now the city is still figuring out what to do with their CARES Act funding. Before that it was PPP and um and emergency relief funding. You know, my question back to them would be, okay. So what would you be doing uh, without your books and without your Netflix and without Spotify and without Bandcamp? And like, and of course the answer is they'd be a lot more depressed than, um, so, I mean, I think also like, I love the number of outdoor things that came out of COVID. And I hope Mm -hmm. that that is an innovation that unless it's 20 degrees, I mean, I will come cover your event if it's 20 degrees, people can can attest to the fact that like I have been at their marches when it has been really really cold and my knuckles are frozen by the end of the march oh man yeah <laughs> and um I, you know I think some of the coolest things happened in like small groups so the yeah. uh, I think Halloween 2020 Elm Shakespeare 
did an Mm -hmm. outdoor fully masked performance with their teenage performers because there was still all sorts of stuff with like acting unions where they were Mm -hmm. like, we can't have people travel because it's pre-vaccine, but their teenage performers live here. Right. And they still wanted to make theater. Mm -hmm. So they put it in Edgewood Park or Edgerton Park, which is big, beautiful, sprawling park Mm -hmm. and had students socially distance and act out shakes. And they were like, screaming through their masks and no one was mic'd. I mean, it, it was a very like low budget production, right? And right. it was magical. It was like, it was really cold. It was right before Halloween. So it felt like extremely spooky. The performances were at like eight and 10 at night. So it was completely pitch dark. Um, mm-hmm. And it was great. It was amazing. And I, and I feel like there have been a couple things like that where people have said, okay, well, I guess we'll have to perform in our parking lot or Music Haven um, took it to the park. And also shout out to um, so Sarah Miller, Pika Matos, and oh, there are some other, like Karen Dubois, Walton, some other mm-hmm. collaborators who in Fairhaven in response to violence um, in 2021, they said there's a lot of violence happening around a specific um, eating and drinking establishment. So what we're going to do is we're going to mm-hmm. occupy the space and how we're going to occupy the space is we're just going to ask artists to show up and artists to their credit showed up. They showed yes, up they every night for over a month and it was, and so you'd get like a string quartet and a bingo game and um, there mm-hmm. were bomba circles. So if, if people don't know what bomba is, it's this beautiful um, Puerto Rican art form that comes out of uh, the Afro-Caribbean slave trade because 400 over 400 years ago um west africans in puerto rico needed some way to communicate about um liberation and resistance and revolt that was not specifically that did not look violent um to to the people who were in power um and and so they chose this art form and so and if you think about capoeira in in brazil which is a product of the afro-brazilian um, both slave trade and, and slavery that's very similar anyway so like all of these things filled this parking lot for over a month and it, it was just totally incredible um, band teachers brought their band students it, yeah. it was just like amazing and so I think that um, and, and then even thinking about that like why was it there it was there because of the surge in violence that the city was seeing and so I think we also have to acknowledge that this is a time of like incredible pain and incredible trauma for for a lot of people in the city. And yes, you know, we're we're still in this. Like the pandemic is it's still, still here. Us. Yeah. And um and I think that's hard. Oh, it definitely is hard. Easy. The light bulb is above. Let let me hear you. Well, no, it's it's the whole thing. It, it's such a beautiful story. But it's also it comes from that that point of pain, yeah. um, you know. I I say all the time, even in therapy, um, you know, e- even in therapy, I, I say it all the time that. Uh, <laughs> um, I love you, Harry. It's that the, the one <laughs> upside of trauma is how you can be artistic, mm. um, you yeah. know. And I never want to lose that, even though I'm working through the different steps to you know, take away the sting of the trauma. I want to be able to hold on to the creativity of it. Um, and, and I think it's, it's something that's been absolutely beautiful the entire time. Um, now, as you continue to move forward, you know, you, you do a lot of work like with the schools, with the, with the kids and different stuff like that. Um, has that been some of the fav- your favorite things, like seeing creativity through the spectrum of some, you know, the, the youth? Oh, yeah. Schools, schools for actually, I should have said this, Preston, when um when you asked earlier, like mm-hmm. schools reporting is some of my favorite reporting. Um, and first of all, students are sometimes difficult, but um difficult to talk to. I don't mean difficult as people. I don't subscribe to that. I don't think I was just talking to a teacher this morning. Like I was like, we're not going to use the word behind or backslide or difficult. Like I don't I don't want that in this discussion, right? Um, Mm -hmm. but students are also hilarious. Like young people are hilariously funny. They, their like imaginations are really expansive. And I love, like, I love different ages for different reasons. I love talking to elementary schoolers because 
no one has told them, especially um, the girls in the classes, no one has told them no, or they can't yet. And so you often get people who are like, I'm going to be a unicorn when I grow up. And you're like, heck, yes, you are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then middle schoolers, like middle school is such a weird age. It's such a hard I'm age. Aware. You know, you know, right? Because um, <laughs> you're a dad. And um, it's, but also talking to middle schoolers and like they are going through it, um, mm -hmm. as, as you know. And I, I feel like kids are going through things earlier than I did, but maybe that's because I blocked everything out and like hid my diaries and I don't know. Um, and, and then high schoolers, like some of them are, are real quiet and they keep to themselves and some of them will just tell you like it is. Um, but like today, mm -hmm. I, I had a whole conversation with a young woman in a ceramics class about how much she loves to smash stuff. Um, and I was like, girl, me too. I, yeah, I hear you. Like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about rage. Um, and, and so I think like, you know, it, yeah, I, I love schools reporting and shout out to New Haven public schools teachers, because we, I, I feel like I've, I've said it uh, on the radio before, so I can say this safely without anyone yelling at me. Like we are, we know that we're in a literacy crisis and a math crisis that in, in part is because there are people on our board of education in New Haven who were not willing to adopt a different pedagogy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we also know that there are people who recognize that there's a problem, but have just said like, well, we can't. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't believe that's ever the answer. And so I know that there are really transformative teachers. I see the work they're doing every day. So just shout out to them. Um, so many of them are amazing. You know, I, I think of people like Nikki Claxton, who's at Betsy Ross Arts Magnet. And I know that um, both of you had Tavares Bussey on the show. Mm -hmm. He's yes. like, what an incredible educator and an incredible artist. He's a spoken word artist mm -hmm. as well. Um, His books are great too. Yes, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, you know, we're, we're really lucky in this in this city to have people who are like, they're definitely not doing it for the money because our board of education does not pay teachers what it should. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, de you know, definitely agree. I, I love, I love that you uh, brought up uh, Ter Terry Bussey because, you know, and you also can attest for this as well. My kids start to understand that life's a little bit different and they can't necessarily oh. get away from anyone that dad doesn't know. <laughs> you know so like when 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 uh mr bussy became part of uh betsy ross i was like oh you're you're about to have my my kids and like from day one because they look like me they act like me yeah i have clones more than i have children so everyone knows you know and uh you know he hits me up he's like they're doing great it's fantastic or you know hey you might want to take a look and they'll get home like want to talk about something like really dad I just, I wanted to just take my shoes off. Let me, let me unpack my day before yeah. we get into this. I was like, Hey man, people are going to, going to, going to let me know. So let, you know, let, let's move forward. And it, it's an incredible community experience, you know, and you know, when you cover the, the for Betsy Ross, um, you know, Miles was like, saw your friend today, you know, it was cool. And just go about the day and you were able to hit me up. And that's one of the beautiful things about New Haven and what I what I love about it. Definitely what I love about New Haven. Also, I love about New Haven is 103.5 FM, the station that we're on behind the brand, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, Easy Blues in the building. Easy, go right ahead. I hope it didn't lose your train of thought as you keep on dancing on behind the brand. So, you know, I... <laughs> You know, as you continue to move forward and as you continue to explore, are there any parts of the arts that you have not been able to cover that you really want to cover? Because you are very well versed. We had a full education uh, segment in, in, in that last 20 minutes that we we're doing. But I feel like there's more to it that you really want to crack into. And I can tell you're super excited about that question. So I'm going to let you go. Yeah, um, we don't. And, and this is this is partly um, so like honesty and transparency because I've told our board this so they have it in all my reports for the past three years um we don't have a second full-time reporter it's me um and then some freelancers shout out to Danielle Campbell especially who is working her butt off and she is an incredible incredible writer and just like human being um and 
should be paid much more by the arts paper than she is um, for articles. But um, yeah, so part part of the problem is bandwidth. And every day, I kid you not, it's doing this equation of um, not just like what story is most deserving to be told, which hurts. I mean, that feels like you're killing your darlings mm -hmm. because the answer is all of them deserve to be told. Um, mm -hmm. But then also what story are other outlets going to get to? Um, so maybe I don't have to. So if I know, for instance, that um, Brian Slattery or Karen Ponzio is going to be covering a show and there are three other things that night um, that no one is covering, I think about that. So your question was like, what am I jazzed about? I really want to be covering more music. New Haven has this incredible, incredible music scene. And I feel like I'm good at getting to music that is in venues that are... Um, maybe like unorthodox venues. So like an art museum or a library or a, definitely a school. Um, I'm not as good at getting to venues like Cafe Nine, Never Ending Books, um, the State House, Best Video. And um, first of all, I just have like incredible respect for the reporters at the Indie who have made that a priority in their reporting. And I'm really grateful for it. Mm -hmm. um, Part of it is, you know, if either of y'all know like young people, because um, I'm in my 30s now and it's like when I go to a show that starts at 9 p.m., I'm like, oh, my back, my knees, <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting old, my hip lock. It's just hard. It is it is hard on this little body. Um, so no, but so that's part of it. But then I, I really do want to be covering more music. And then you know, New Haven, we have dance. Um, but I, mm -hmm. I always, I love dance. I have a really soft spot for it. I'm very moved by it, especially when it's young people doing dance. Um, because I, I find it just like really moving how much someone can say with their body, but not with any words at all. Um, so I think, I think I would love to cover more dance. I think we've done a better job. We did a better job with that in the last year. Um, but definitely music is a priority because New Haven has such an incredible music scene. Again, going back to this idea of like, if if I just said to someone, okay, you've got a city that's 18.7 square miles and 135,000 people, um, how many gigs a night do you think happen in that city? The person would be like, mm, I don't know, maybe there are a couple gigs a week. And the answer is we reliably have something. Like if you are bored in this city, you are doing New Haven wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's a fact. That's definitely a fact. I do agree on that <laughs> <laughs> wholeheartedly. There's so yeah. much going on every single day, yes. but go right ahead. Go right ahead. I know you got more to say. Oh yeah. So, so I was going to say, you know, getting, getting to those venues. And so I, um, the article is not written yet, but I did cover mm -hmm. um, a queer comedy night at never ending books, which is this very cool collective on state street. Mm -hmm. I have some stuff that I want to get to at cafe nine. I'm really jazzed about the fact that um, the New Haven Jazz Underground is like coming into this year doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I have a, a feeling that Shane Penguin might have some shows on the horizon. <laughs> Two tree shows. This isn't about me. It's about you. Everybody um, else. Why does everyone want to talk about me when we got on the show? About you. Um, you got the hat on. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so definitely music and, and then actually okay this sounds really boring right I we got a little froze like hardly that's a great frozen <laughs> shot though if i'm being honest no no it's, it's a good still. Know, it's, it's, a, it's a good it's, still it really is a good yeah. still <laughs> it's you know it, the the knowledge that is being dropped right now that we can't hear I mean, she is, is probably is, dropping I know a lot of bombs right now. It's, it's incredible. A lot, a lot of truth and knowledge bombs right now. So much, you know, yeah, like right, wealth like, going on. Full dissertation. And, and, then, and then the internet just said no. For then it's like, no, too much, reason. too much. You were like giving too, too much, much knowledge. The and then Lucy no. just got frozen out of nowhere. It's crazy right now. Oh, uh, no. Oh, is she back? Uh, she's back. She's with back. Us. Ba -na 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 -na. She's muted. I don't know You're what muted. happened. I don't I'm know what so happened sad. either. You were giving out too much information for free. Yes. And the information God said, no, they need to pay I, for it. I <laughs> so. actually, sometimes, sometimes I am like, is the yeah. NSA listening? Do they care that much about me? And the answer <laughs> is no. Right. Um, right. But, uh, oh, but I'm. Don't sorry. sell yourself short. They care a little bit. They care a little bit. <laughs> um, 
I also really love covering um, stuff like city budget and mm-hmm. um, and state budget. Mm-hmm. And so one of my plans is to cover more um, state legislative stuff that's happening this year and also in the city. So we always have a budget. And then this year, if folks don't know, um, is a mayoral election year. I think it's going to be really interesting mm-hmm. to watch the different candidates um, and uh and see what they have to say. I mean, I I have joked a lot about running for mayor and having my like my sole issue be the library, because right. I love our mm-hmm. public library and it is deeply underfunded. Um, yeah. So all so music and government. <laughs> um, I try not to stay too much into the political, you know, standpoint when it comes to doing what I do. Um, okay. It's just it's just me personally. Um. But just being a reporter and doing this for a long amount of time, you've been yeah. to two terms. I mean, uh, through two eras, pretty much the Harp era and yeah. then the Ellicott era. Yeah. So, what are like the pro in your point of view? What are like the pros and cons? Just coming from a journalistic point of view, just from just seeing oh. what was going on through it, just just both both those mayors and just how they were just progressing within the city. Yeah. Um. There's so much, like we need four yeah. hours to unpack that. But um, oh, that's true. I mean, I, <laughs> I, mean, I got so, so little time. That's right. I um I moved here right before Tony Harp was elected, and yeah. I was so proud to. And it was kind of right around the time I started reporting. And one of my first assignments, mm-hmm. I was really proud. Like I didn't know a lot about New Haven before I moved here. I moved here for a right. job. I had like a week's notice before mm-hmm. I got here, so I did not do my civic research. Yeah, and um and. And so I think it was actually the independent where I learned that Tony Harp was going to be the first black woman mayor. Yeah, it was history. Yes. And I was like, this is this is a like I am here for a historic moment. Mm-hmm. And one of my first assignments, I think partly because Paul Bass doesn't like to dress up, is <laughs> was covering her inauguration because he right. I had just started writing for the Indy and he was like, You look like you like to dress up. Would you like to go cover the and the answer is I do like to dress up. So he was correct. And um, and you know, shout out to Travis Carbonella, who maybe has been on the show, um, yes. is a is a local filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And Travis saved my um my arse that day because I I didn't I was very new to New Haven. So of course I knew who Tony was, but I did not know who other people were. And Travis walked me over to people and, and would say, This is Howard Cahill. He owns a funeral home in New Haven. You want to ask him for a comment. This is Mike Morant. He used to be an alder. Um, he works with the Office of New Haven Affairs. This is, and and he just totally, I, like, I didn't know who Dan Malloy was, who was governor at the time. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, but in my defense, I had not lived here for a very long time. No, this is um, true. Yeah. And, and I was mostly reporting on the arts. Um, I think what I really miss about uh, Mayor Harp is that she could speak extempore, like when she spoke extemporaneously. So often her press people, and this is very normal for mayors, would would write prepared remarks for her, and they were like watching paint dry on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she spoke off the cuff extemporaneously, it was always extremely moving. And I remember watching her speak um, right after Trump had been elected. There was a march for refugees. Um, that went from Wilbercross High School, which is close to um, the offices for IRIS, which is the Refugee Resettlement Agency in New Haven, all the way downtown. And um, she got it. And it was amazing. Like there were over 5,000 people, including a lot of new refugee families who who were there. And she got up um, on, the, you know, the fountain by the green. Yes. I think probably wearing heels. Um, and she just began to speak extemporaneously. And she said, you know, it is amazing to me that people would come to this country in this day and age because my people did not, my ancestors did not come here willingly. And it was this like, it was an incredible moment. She was speaking to thousands of people um, and she could do that and hold a space in a, in a genuine way, um, in a way that I have seen very few leaders do. Um, She also, I remember listening to her speak in a church about a classmate who had died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound when she Mm. was a child in Utah and he was playing with a firearm. Mm. Um, And she like that. um, And I think also her advocacy, like she was really an advocate for, for people. She also loved the library. I think 
right now we have a library that is severely underfunded um okay. and it I would venture to say would not be that hard to make 1% of the city's general fund um, allocated for the for the New Haven Free Public Library and, mm -hmm. and its five branches. Um, but we have an administration that doesn't want to do that. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think as a reporter, um, during the current administration, um, Justin is is often sorry, Mayor Elliker is um, often like very, very forward. He shows up at stuff, which I really respect. Mayor Harp also showed up at stuff. Um, yeah. I, do you have a more pointed question? Yes. I wish we had like an hour yeah, to unpack I, this. I understand it was, it was it was a lot coming from what, what, what I just asked you. But as a broadcaster, I only got like a half a minute with you, unfortunately. Um, That's okay. Maybe, maybe we need to get you back on to get because we have so much to cover. Definitely. But um, this is the time just for you with these a little amount of seconds. <laughs> please plug the social media. If anybody wants to reach out to you about anything, please plug the Art Council. And please plug your show because you have a show on this station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this yeah. time is yours. Go right ahead. I do. Okay. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, my personal is at LSG890. That's because I'm not a cool person. My professional is at New Haven Arts. That's the Arts Council. So it's where you can find out all the cool stuff, including jobs um, in the arts and stories to the arts paper. If you want to read the arts paper, which you should, go to newhavenarts.org. Um, you should also read the New Haven Independent, newhavenindependent.org. And my show is uh, on WNHH. So this station on Fridays, it's called Arts Respond at 1 p.m. And then really quickly, just going back to the mayoral thing, Harry, please don't kill me. Um, so I, I will say the best hire, I think, in the Elliker administration has been the city's director of cultural affairs, Adrian Jefferson. Agreed. She has transformed what arts looks like in this city. So shout out to Adrian. She has been an incredible, incredible presence. And I right. think what we are doing around cultural equity in the arts um, really preceded the city's cultural equity plan. So shout out Adrian. Um, and, and that I give that to, to Aliker. And shout out to you, Lucy, for being with us on Behind the Brand, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. Happy New Year, everybody. We're back on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Appreciate you, Lucy. Love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wondering what to write about. Trying to figure out what it's all about. Excellentialist. Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Spending time all alone. Sending my songs through the phone Dreaming of a better home We more focused on trying to hone